Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're excited to have Amy Ratcliffe, Managing Editor at The Nerdist, to join us. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a minute, and I'm, I'm really excited to, to be back, hanging out with you guys. Oh, yes. We're so excited to have you back. It's been, it, it, as you said, it's been a little while, but uh, it's it's such a great time with Clone Wars being back. Um, it's It's... And when you know more Ahsoka, and I think the arc is really starting to uh, pick up in an exciting way. Uh, there's some interesting clues dropped in this episode that I'm excited to speculate with all of you. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a fun it's a fun time. In fact, um, I think we should we can. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the arc before we dive into the the review so far. Because uh, Yena, you weren't with us for the last two episodes. What what have you thought so far? How how are your feelings with Clone Wars being back and this Ahsoka's walkabout arc, Amy? You know, first of all, thrilled that Clone Wars back, and it's it's weird that I kind of it's something I never expected. So every Friday, I kind of forget that it's back, not because I I don't care about it, but just because I'm like, oh, it's real. So on Friday evenings. <laughs> It's like, oh, what are we going to watch with dinner? My husband's always like, babe, Clone Wars. I'm like, oh, of course. How could I forget? The perfect and dinner for uh, the perfect the perfect show to watch at dinner. Perfect. Right? Yeah. I admire people who um, get up early to watch it or stay up really late to watch it, but I am I'm not one of them. I like sleep <laughs> um, mainly. So it's exciting to see Ahsoka back. It's not the arc I would have imagined her coming back in. And I felt like I have felt like it's been moving a little slowly, but I do see the value in showing kind of what she's up to, uh, at least in the Star Wars canon. So shortly after what happened at after the end of season five, it's been what, seven years for us or something. Mm-hmm. But it's been a much you know shorter time period in the galaxy far, far away. So yeah, what days, like, weeks, we don't really know, but can't be that right. long. Yeah. yeah. So while I'm still really looking forward to the next arc, this has been an an easy back end. It's not what I expected, but I'm happy to have it, if that makes sense. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've all felt the same way. It's a great insight into Soka's character and the dynamics and the, kind of the situation she's now dealing with no longer being part of the Jedi. Um, I, I, you know, so it's more of a really great character arc, but, it, you, you know, it's not necessarily the big galactic <laughs> <laughs> you know, galaxy change shaking events uh, that we, we got used to set near the end of the Clone Wars original run. But do you kind of get the feeling that this is almost like the little bit of the calm before the storm? I mean, you had Bad Batch, which really got you back into the Clone Wars. This episode, really good, kind of quiet, giving you that backstory of Ahsoka. But then you get the feeling it's going to just kick into high gear with this next episode going into the last four. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think the way it's going to wrap is going to be kind of epic and amazing. And while well, pardon me, it's like, this is a, an arc I would have expected, you know, like in 
uh, a season four kind of middle of the series mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, but right. I know it's all building up to some really cool stuff. Definitely. I uh, couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. So that t- Tom, you want to tell us what we'll be uh, talking about tonight? Absolutely. Tonight we're going to be talking about the Clone Wars season seven, episode seven, Dangerous Debt, directed by Sal Ruiz and Bosco Ning. Uh, this was written by Dave Filoni and Charles Murray. The synopsis of the episode is taken prisoner by the Pikes, Ahsoka and the Martez sisters attempt to escape. And the Jedi fortune cookie for the episode was who you are does not have to define. Oh, yeah, who you are. Wow. I almost. I almost blew that one looking at it going, that's basically saying the same thing. Who you are does not define <laughs> who you are. Wow. It's so true. Yeah. It is. It, it really is profound. And, and it's kind of, it's kind of showing that way in this episode because, you know, this is a, a definite walkabout for Ahsoka, but now she's got herself into a situation to where she's got two friends. The three of them have to figure out a way to get out of it. So it's really going to define how she's going to be moving forward because I kind of look at this episode almost like you're watching a little bit of a parallel of what probably Kanan Juris went through uh, when he left the Jedi Order. And you knew, you know, when when um, the first Rebels book came out and you kind of got a little bit of his backstory where you're kind of get the same thing here with Ahsoka, too. It's how she going to deal with it. And now it's going to define her going forward. Yeah. It's yeah. And I particularly. Oh, sorry. Okay, please. No. But, yeah. Well, I find it really interesting that. She's kind of secretive about her past. You know, Order 66 has not happened yet, but she's still not just out like, hey, I was a Jedi. Look at my tricks. Um, Not that that would be in her character anyway, but she still is very much processing not leading that life that she's that she's always led since she was very little. Mm -hmm. And it seems by keeping sorry, it seems by keeping that in, it kind of helps her get to know the Martez sisters a little bit more because then all of a sudden she heard the backstory of how, you know, what the real feeling of the Jedi is. And then that's giving her the, you know, the opposite point of view of what she's always known. And sorry to interrupt, Steven, you want to say something? No, I just, that's like perfect lead. And I was, I'm really appreciating seeing, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this in a nicer way, but like seeing Ahsoka confront the real world, you know, the, right. uh, Mm-hmm. Rafa kind of tells the story of what happened to their, her parents where, you know, there was, uh, I think they said it was Zero the Hut was escaping, and, you know, Cad Bane mm-hmm. shoots down a cargo transport. Um, do we know? And it was a green skin Jedi. I don't remember if we got the name. Don't uh, think they dropped the name at all. No. All right. So the Jedi has the choice of dropping the transport on a populated landing or crashing it into like a wall or another area. And, you know, the Jedi decides to drop it into the wall, which happens to be exactly where the Martez parents uh, live mm-hmm. and they get the kids out, but they don't, they aren't able to make it out. And, you know, they, that's where they pass and die. Right. Um, and then the Shadow comes like, ah, don't worry. The force will be with you. And then leaves and that's it. And you know, that's, mission a, accomplished that's and... a gut punch right yeah. there. You can see why I'm not saying that they have, you know, uh, um, a, uh, they're vindictive against the Jedi, but you can see how they are just so, you know, um, they're not high up on the pedestal that some people think they are because this was a gut punch to them. Mm. Well, it just, no. It's the type of Jedi make tough decisions. And like, you know, you can 
objectively like I, I was this is where my memory of Clone Wars is a little shaky. Did we see this in Clone Wars at some point? The no. like sequence so we're talking about. That's so my, as we were going through the sequence, my jaw was on the floor as they were talking. It's like this is so cool. And then I was like, but I don't remember exactly that those events. So I went mm-hmm. back and rewatched Hostage Crisis from uh, nice. the season one finale, <laughs> and um, and we do see like Zero escape prison. But then the episode just ends as you know Zero and Cad Bane are flying off into the sunset. And like I love Cad Bane; it's a great great episode. I love the introduction of him and everything. Um, and then when the the storyline, because this this particular storyline was split across c- a couple different seasons, when it picks up. Uh, uh, back in season three with Hunt for Zero, uh, we immediately cut to Zero on now Hunt, now Hutta and Obi Wan and Quinlan Voss going after him to go, to go look mm-hmm. for him. And so we actually never see this particular part of the escape where the events happen, um, which is I think maybe the only downside. I, I love how they tie this into the 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 backstory, like an, an event we've already seen, and how you know like. Of course, they're supposed to go after Zero and 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 you know save these pedestrians on a on a platform, and you know you'd think slamming it into a wall is probably safer, and, you, uh, and the unintended mm-hmm. consequence of that and how that could shape how uh, Trace and Mar- uh, Rafa viewed the Jedi. I love that whole thing. I just wish we'd actually maybe been one of the events we'd actually seen in the in the episode. I don't know, Amy, you had a, you had a thought. Yeah, I have um, a few thoughts about it. One being, I agree that I wish, even if it was through a flashback, and it made me think there was this article recently published on io9 about kind of some of the issues with things like being in a canon universe and putting emphasis on the canon over just stories. Mm -hmm. And I really related to it. But at the same time, when I see tie-ins like this to other parts of the universe that I know or galaxy that I know, I get really excited because I'm like, oh, I know Zero. I knew who that blue skin guy is. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that. And I kind of wish we would have had it in flashback form since it didn't exist in the, the Clone Wars episode that it kind of is set around. Um, and the other thing it made me think of is, you know, this green skin Jedi having to make a difficult decision. But besides the, the spot quote that always comes to mind, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Is it yep. made me think of Qui-Gon and the Phantom Menace and, you know, he went to a planet where he helped Anakin and there was still a huge part of the population, including Anakin's mother who was enslaved and mm-hmm. he couldn't affect that for whatever reason. And it just mm-hmm. made me think of the tough decisions that Jedi for better or worse have had to make. That's true. They probably see that all the time. Like, you know, the have to always have to make these really difficult choices and there's really no win, but I guess they kind of almost have to settle for the, the best they can do given the situation. Right. Um, and it's not, it's right. not a decision I can imagine. Like if I put myself in those. Yeah. Right. It, I can't. Right. Don't know how I'd and handle then, it. And then think of the sisters to where they can't comprehend that decision that was made because they probably didn't know that the transport was going to go right down there onto a fully loaded platform of people. Mm-hmm. And also they wouldn't have known the decision towards like the Jedi may not have known that there is somebody on the other side of that wall. True. It just ended up being the logical choice for them to make because mm-hmm. it's either all these people are basically to the Jedi a wall. Sadly, kids are not going to understand something like that. Well, no, that was very personal. Yeah, go ahead, Stephen. and I mean, what can uh, our Jedi friend do after? Like, you know, obviously, right. like we can. I think we can make an assumption that 
the Jedi who is involved feels, you know, remorse and terrible about how it ends, but also knows that was probably the best outcome. But what do you like? What can you do at that point? Do Jedi have like? There's how many people on Coruscant? Like billions, if not more. Like mm-hmm. you can't just. There's nothing they can do to help every single person. Like there's there's some limits. You know, I don't know where it is, but you just you feel kind of bad because you, on the one hand you understand why the Martez sisters feel the way they do. Like they've mm-hmm. clearly got the rotten end of uh, this kind of deal. But on the other hand, we also kind of get to recognize that like there's that's just kind of what life on Coruscant is. And especially right. at this time in the Republic where we know there's a lot of corruption, there's a lot of other issues that are going on. And it's, it's sad. Like it's a tragic story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And then that, but the idealistic part of me, especially when it comes to the Jedi and what I desperately want them to be is that whoever it was would recognize like, Oh, like I did make a hard decision, but you know what this, I did have a hand in totally screwing up your life. Right. Let me try to do some measure of something to make it better. That's more than a, a platitude and a reassuring word. I, I agree. I mean, it would be interesting. It's go ahead, William. No, I was going to say it's, um, I, I totally agree. Like, I think the ideal Jedi would do that. It's interesting to speculate. Like who, who do we think it was? I mentioned it was a green skin mm-hmm. Jedi. And my first thought was Luminara Undoli. And for her, actually, I can actually kind of see, she tends to be a little more distant and removed so I could actually like that would kind of make sense that that would be her response. Whereas maybe a, a you know Obi Wan would try to help out, or Ahsoka would definitely try to help out in that situation. Um, well, what about Kit Fisto? Kit Fisto is another potentially. Yeah. Was, Do we know how long ago this happened? Uh, they said a couple of years ago. So it, it, I mean, it would have been at the beginning of the Clone Wars, given that season one. I'm trying to remember how old was Barris at that time. That's a good question. Ah, good like, point. Yeah, I this I I would be extremely surprised if we ever got this level of detail. But it'd be fascinating to see. Like, you know, is this one of the things that also ah. tips the scales for Barris on kind of the other end of things? Very you know, true. Being forced point. into these types of situations and not having the the tools to respond. Interesting. Or, or even, even if she, she saw, saw Luminara yeah. kind of not respond to it, that, that was she was just like, what are we even doing here? I love yeah. that theory. And even if it's like an early seed planted, you know, years before. Uh that's a I love that idea. Mm. <laughs> that's uh, a good point. But yeah, the, the whole the whole backstory, like it really does hit you with uh, like a gut punch and yeah, I think orig- last week we were speculating uh, based on some other discussion that the sisters were having that maybe their parents had left them or something. And boy, were we wrong. Uh, this was not the backstory I was expecting. And I just love, even though again, I, I wish we had, it had been something we'd seen. Like, I don't know. Could it have been like, um, uh, uh, could it have been maybe tied into the Zillow beast rampage or something? But uh, mm-hmm. that being said, even though we didn't see those exact events, it was really cool that they they tied into a storyline that we've seen previously in the Clone Wars and flipped it on its on its end and would kind of show us the how you know even if the Jedi do try their best, um, so you know other people can there are often innocent bystanders that get mm. get hurt and and how they they deal with that and then then now Ahsoka really can't reveal her backstory right right, right. not the ideal timing to be like by the way yeah. But I think at some point it's going to have to come out. I mean, we definitely know within this episode 
It did not. But at some point, because I really hate to say this, I think they did show a preview of the last episode. And there is something stated where you're just like, okay, you kind of gave away something you, in, in the preview I, for the next episode. I would argue strongly, and I'm going to jump ahead and I apologize. No, go ahead. Uh, do it. Let's do it. Ahsoka definitely, like, if Rafa and Trace had been make, t- paying attention, they know Ahsoka's a Jedi. Oh, yes. totally. Yeah. Like, totally. Absolutely. The the scene at the very end, or I guess it's not the very, very end, but close to where the the bridge is kind of opening up and they have to make right. a choice and Rafa jumps across and then Trace jumps and is very clearly Short. not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. And then magically <laughs> jumps or flies forward the other part. Like that's a sign. And that's immediately followed by Ahsoka somehow leaping over them and like they're comically unable to notice that, you know, Oh, Hey, Ahsoka literally just flew. Like, I don't know. I'm going to make up like 20 feet above us. Suspicious. Do you think but, she might be a Jedi? Totally. Don't forget, she did, I'm say, more athletic. she did say she was very athletic. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I love this, uh, yeah, this I aspect like of Ahsoka, sub- like subtly or not so subtly using the force throughout the whole episode. Uh, mm-hmm. When they're not looking, uh, I, I really enjoyed. I, I would, I would hope they've actually figured it out at this point. Trace and Rafa, maybe they're playing dumb right now, um, but I would hope they figured it out. But it was still really cool to see. Um, even when like later on, they're in a shootout and Ahsoka's pulling the pikes out from behind cover so Trace and Rafa can. Oh, that was so them. obvious. <laughs> no, I, I think I think the more obvious I have to jump to this point. The more obvious is when um, she's in the cell. And she uses the force to turn off the cell door. Yeah. Okay. And then all of a sudden it was like, Trace is like, what happened? It's like, there's a power outage. Okay. Just on the door itself, when the rest of the cell, (laughs) the power was still on. I mean, at least Rafa was like unconscious for that piece of it. Like it's, it's (laughs) she has a reason. Yeah. Right. Though I do think it in some way mirrors real life just a, and I can't think of a concrete example, but sometimes the way that we just completely fool ourselves into like something's clearly happening and we're in denial and like, mm-hmm. let's think of any other reason, um, whatever it is could be happening. And mm-hmm. given that they really dislike the Jedi and probably don't want to be entangled with one. Right. I wonder if that's, but then again, they're, they're clearly smart. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and that that's the thing when it comes to Rafa. You're like, she's got the street smarts in which you would think at some point she would start putting two and two together and kind of figure this out. Because like I said, there is, I swear it was a preview where something was said from Rafa that you're just like, it was a giveaway. And you're just like, ah, why did you have to show it in the preview for the last episode of this arc? I will say, so one possibility I could see, and I'll say Rafa's probably been my least favorite of uh, I guess the two new characters in this episode, mm-hmm. just in that like she seems almost not naive isn't the wrong word, but like comically bad at what she's trying to accomplish, I guess is probably how I describe her. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, my, I'll put her up a notch in my like list of characters. I don't know what list of characters I'm keeping, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if the kind of big reveal we get at the end is, or is that she knows Ahsoka's a Jedi, but isn't saying so because she's trying to protect Trace and knows how right. Trace will feel about it. Like that, I actually kind of now hope that's going to be something we get in that last episode, just to kind of 
really elevate that. Like, no, Rafa is actually more observant than we've been giving her credit mm-hmm. for, but she's mm-hmm. making a conscious decision to help protect her little sister. I would really like that. I would I hope agree. That happens. I hope so too. Yeah. She's smart enough. I think she would notice that sort of thing. Um, you know, and I, I don't think this could all go over her head. I think she is, you know, pretending not to, or at least not, not calling Ahsoka out on it because she wants to protect Trace. Uh, but she still doesn't like Ahsoka. She cl- and that could actually reinforce why she doesn't like Ahsoka so much. Some of the greatest lines in this episode were when she was like subtly trying to stab Ahsoka in the back. You know, like <laughs> uh, yeah, Ahsoka tries to defend uh, Rafa from being taken by one of the Pike guards, and Rafa's like, "Yeah, yeah, that's right. Take her." And points to Ahsoka instead. You know, <laughs> or or even later when Ahsoka it looks like she can't make it across the gap. And Rafa's like, oh, very sarcastically says, if you can't make it, we'll come back for you. And then turns the trees like, hi. Yeah. You know, I, I love it's those all little too touches. Bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I love. I those also really love the line when when Rafa was being taken away. She goes, Trace, if I die, the family business is yours. But I love the comeback. I don't want the family business. Right. Yeah. Again, that kind of you know it ties into the fact that um, Rafa, Trace doesn't really. She kind of wants to be a mechanic and fly the Silver Angel and and be done with it. She doesn't really want to be involved in her sister's life of crime. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think the family business, though? So we, uh, that was the it was the the space launch mat. Um, do you think there it was a it was a front back when their parents owned it too? Or is that's that a good question. So. Good yeah. question. Because yeah. they, I mean, people need to do clothes uh, or wash their clothes anywhere. Though I. If you would have given me a list of Star Wars things you never thought you would see, but you're gonna space laundromat wouldn't have been on it. But let's not forget we did see a fresher. <laughs> That's true. That's I true. would still have picked that over to space laundromat. I was very That's surprised. Point. That's a good but point. It sounds like it could be a legitimate business. So that's a. Mm-hmm. I I can't decide. I feel like I don't get the impression that this is like a lifestyle that they. Mm-hmm inherited so to speak from their parents that they're just that just when things happen they're like well Rafa decided this is what I can do we have to survive yeah. I, I do get the sense as well that she kind of turned to this life of crime uh, to help her sister because she does care about her sister even though she's unintentionally putting Trace in harm's way as she and Ahsoka even talk about later in the episode and Ahsoka, Ahsoka kind of calls Rafa out on it that she of course, Trace is not going to say no to her, her older sister. Um, it was, it was I, I liked how Ahsoka brought that up. Because I don't think Trace... It's something... Trace is... Uh, Rafa's trying to do the right thing, but I don't think she's realizing that she's, you know, putting Trace in situations that Trace would never say no to because it's mm-hmm. her sister. Yeah, I think Rafa thinks about the ends and mm-hmm. if those ends are getting credits to eat another day to keep their little shop open, whatever it is, right. and not the means, which are often, if, if they're like this all the time, do put Trace in like continual danger <laughs> and herself. Yeah. Speaking of well, danger, when um, Rafa was taken away to be tortured, what did you guys think of that droid? That very interesting droid that was kind of like hunched over and dragging its leg. Oh, Wait, this I'm- is not the smelter droid, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that, because I, I I know it was it was a really quick switch because it was like anyway. So yeah, 
Yeah, so what do you think uh, of that smelter droid? Another I mean, creepy smelter droid and a long line of creepy smelter droids. <laughs> Including the one at Galaxy's Edge. Yes. Turning, he's not torturing people. I guess he's torturing animals because he's roasting them. But they're already, I don't know. Smelter droid's creepy. That's all, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. It was cool to see, like, with the uh, the electrified pincers and everything. He was he was very, uh, very creepy. He makes for a nice torture droid. I mean, we got to see the droid torturing, um, uh, the, you know, we got to see the AT series droid uh, torturing other droids in Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi, but now to actually see them doing it on on other humans uh, and other 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 beings was uh, definitely even even creepy terrifying yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and f- fun fact i guess the droid's name is j0 n0 i don't know if there's maybe there's someone named john o or something there or is yeah. he dresses, there is he cosplays as captain rex oh there you captain go. Rex. <laughs> yep i think both amy and i know him i wonder if yes. he was named after him yeah i kind of hope i mean he's a lovely gentleman mm-hmm. I, as far as i know doesn't to- torture anyone um <laughs> But I still like got a nice great, tribute. Great Captain Rex outfit, though. Great yeah. old Captain Rex. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I like how even the chair was uh, similar to like the one we see Vader being built, uh, kind of assembled in, in in Revenge of the Sith, kind of a similar vibe and stuff. So that was really cool. It was a it was a very very much a creepy torture scene. You know, something I've never thought about until just now, even though I've obviously watched them all torture in Star Wars. No joke. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> a fair amount of torturing happens. <laughs> you know what? I never thought of it that way, but that's a very good point. I mean, that creepy droid that I don't remember, the, the interrogation droid that Vader uses on Leia. Oh, yeah. Kylo oh, Ren. Yeah. Oh, just a lot of terrible torture. Okay, but I think that droid does kind of redeem itself when it comes to Alphabet Squadron, because isn't that the droid that follows the guy around? They kind of reprogrammed it, if I'm remembering that correctly. Was that a smelter droid? No, not the smelter droid. Oh, sorry, sorry. The torture droid. Oh, the torture droid. Torture droid. Yes, sorry. I thought you were talking about Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, 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 it's okay. That's okay. I'm I'm surprised I pulled that from that book, but that, (laughs) I really love the character. Yeah. Uh, I did like how, uh, how Trace ends up getting the upper hand and escapes like stealing one of the uh, the guards prints a faint steal one of the guards blasters uh and then is able to stage a, an escape um and she wasn't a bad shot by the way yeah she's for you know i don't know how many gun you know gunfights she's been in but she wasn't a bad shot um it's actually actually another good point um we see later on in the episode there's they're, they're getting a more of a blaster fight and it's actually kind of cool to see some characters that aren't experts at fighting. And you can actually see in the animation how they were a little bit, a little bit sloppier, um, not quite as skilled. And Ahsoka was like, able to help them out. They could hold their own, but they definitely didn't have the same level of skill. And it added a nice, uh, a different layer to the, to the battles. I'll say plus, I always like watching, I mean, any Jedi, but especially the way Ahsoka fights, it's very much, it's graceful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if she, the action's not obviously, you know, she's knocking villains out or whatever she's doing, but there's always a grace and smoothness to her moves. And like you said, very much in contrast to the way Roth and Trace are, like, would be like, if I tried to, well, no, they'd be better than me if I tried to fight someone, but it's just like whatever I can do to connect 
a, a blow upon, you know, whether it's with my fist or with a blunt object, like it's just rough and tumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's nice to see her fighting without the lightsabers this time. Cause I, how many times have we yeah. seen her so far without the lightsabers? And now we're seeing her basically use street smarts and use her fist and basically just throw punches. So it's kind of nice to see her this way. That bike leaps. Wow, I can't talk. That fight sequence was so beautifully choreographed. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. amazing. Yeah, and and how you know they were trying to use like barrels to uh, cover their, their cover their escape and uh, and ex- the explosions. Like also the the the, an- the expl- animation of the explosions were very pretty, like with the multicolored yeah. explosions, and really reminded me of Rebels as I was watching it because I feel like that's. I feel like they really started in Rebels. They really started to perfect the those multicolored explosions. Um, and, and I don't know. I just that instantly drew me back to Rebels seeing that. And, and I think when, there was a point in which, sorry, Amy, I think there was a point in which when they were running away and one of the explosions, they really could have turned around and seen Ahsoka kind of pull that stuff into the fire so it can explode some more. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, Amy, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to comment that as a, a thing I comment upon at least once an episode is just like, I cannot believe how gorgeous this looks. Right. And I didn't really have an issue with animation in Clone Wars before, but just watching Rebels and then obviously the amount of time that's gone by since they did Clone Wars, it just mm. all looks beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah, the, the cinematography for the season is great. Oh, like when Ahsoka slides down the ladder and like the, the camera pans down, we all see like the court pike pike corpse fall through the gap, which is kind of brutal too. But like that, that animation was just gorgeous in the camera with the camera work there. Uh, and even the, the set design of the entire um, prison was just uh, incredible. Like all the way it was like the contrasting gre- neon green and red colors with all the designs inside. It was Really cool, uh, really cool fortress. I'll I did like I, seeing. I'll oh, go ahead, Stephen. Sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say I'll add, I loved the the city they went into on the planet as well. Like same thing. Like just really unique feel to it. Good design. Like I don't know. They just they really sold to me the concept of this is the Pike drug drug lord planet basically, and um, they, they did an excellent job with all of the animation and modeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to comment on is just the world building. It's something I love about Clone Wars that that's now continued is seeing all these different locations that we just, you know, the films actually, I think, have done a better job of that with the sequel trilogy and the standalones. But I always want more, more planets, more just to seeing different ways, different like aliens live that's a really long winded say to <laughs> a long winded way to say, like, I agree with you, Stephen. But I do. It's just they do such. It's one of those weird things where, like, if you ask the idons to be like, "No, this is what Clone Wars has always looked like." Like from season one, it's always been this beautiful, and it's just. I think it's such a testament that they managed to upgrade it so well that it it matches the like idealized version that we all remember from you know back when we first watched the show. Mm-hmm. I think even back then we were making the comment by season, you saw the subtle changes. You saw like um, capes actually flowing as, as the show progressed, the hair moving a little bit more <laughs> yes. as the show progressed. And then some of the choreography got better, especially the lightsaber fighting got better as the show progressed. And then 
when it comes to this, I'm I'm tired of saying and then, but when it comes to this season, it really for what they learned from Rebels and from the amount of time, again, it's just it's gone so far. And like I mentioned before, the cinematography in some of the shots has been just gorgeous in this season. And getting back to making, you know, the the Pike home planet, how that feels definitely sets up the characters are going to see pretty soon because you can see that as a place to where a criminal underworld is going to be the place you want to go to do business you don't want to be found out about. And this planet gives you that feel. Definitely, definitely. Um, Speaking of people going there to do business, though, uh, the the other jaw-dropping moment for me was when they were, you know, they're running through the city streets. Obviously, the, the beggar turns them in, and uh, and so the the, the pikes are, are running after them again after they finally, you know, escape the the fortress. And who do they run past? Hey, a tr- now a trio of oh, you called so it, Tom. Excited. We we hey doubted now. you last week. You called it uh, Bo Katan, Ursa Ren. See, you're the one that called that one. I had another see that Mandalorian. I knew Bo Katan was coming. Oh, I missed Ursa. Yeah, I didn't realize it until I was looking through the credits. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was Ursa Ren, of course. Um, Same, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, oh, I love it. Uh, so cool. I was not expecting okay, them to show up this early. If you if you think about, and I'm going to get back to, uh, to, if you're thinking about writing a story, I think you can't put something like this that's going to lead into a major story arc you can't put it in the last episode it would feel too forced you drop something in like this before you actually need to use them in the next episode because then it would be like oh "Oh, how convenient in this case you've already dropped them in there because they were there for something to begin with but now now you can see the logical story of how it's going to progress. They were here for one thing, but now they've got Ahsoka there. Hey, let's use this to our advantage. And then next episode, we can see how they're going to use Ahsoka to their advantage. Yeah, it is smart. Like a slow way to, not a slow, but just a way to like kind of foreshadow like, hey, this is going to come together. And also like a really fun thing for fans to get excited about. Not that they necessarily yep. accounted for that, but it is like a very rewarding like, Ah, yes, I know these people like Bo-Katan, like it's all coming together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I, well, one, I think it's so cool they were able to bring Ursa Ren into this as well, and I think had the show aired, you know, this episode aired originally when it was, when they were thinking it would seven years ago, I don't think we would have mm-hmm. gotten that nice Rebels tie-in. You know, obviously, those of you who don't know, Ursa Ren is Sabine Ren's mother, one of the, eh, she's one of the main characters in Star Wars Rebels. Uh, and, uh, and so it's really cool to see Ursa Ren there, but I also wonder, I think this is more than just like they did. They had a very small presence in this episode. Um, but I have a feeling they will play a major role in the next episode, in the final episode in this, in this arc, even before going into Siege of Mandalore, where we know they're going to have a, a large role. Yeah, I'm excited to see how that could very naturally lead mm-hmm. to like, hey, Ahsoka, this, the stuff's mm-hmm. going on. 
I think it's going to connect very beautifully. But yeah. I didn't watch the preview for the next episode intentionally. I have not but yet. No, but I, just I I ran across it by accident, and that's why I'm trying not to spoil what I've yeah. what I heard. Oh, we're gonna see it so soon. I'm excited. I, I can't yeah. Wait. Yeah. No. The. Um, I mean, at, at this point, given where we are in the in the timeline, I believe this episode, this arc takes place just like, you know, a couple days or a couple weeks after Ahsoka leaves the Jedi. So at this point, um, the Pike Syndicate is still working for Maul's Shadow Collective. Uh, oh, dude, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So like we could like they the Ursa Ren uh, talks about well, Bo-Katan recognizes Ahsoka because they had met before on Karlak. And Ursa Wren is concerned that Ahsoka's presence could compromise their mission. Um, but they mentioned how they have a common enemy. That screams Maul to me. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I think. Yeah. And could could Maul be on uh, Obadiah right now? Could Or maybe Ahsoka finds Ooh. out Maul's plans to invade Man- or uh, Maul's plans for Mandalore. I I think this could tie in in a really big way this week, in the next episode. I'm so excited. That's so many possibilities. So many possibilities. Cannot wait. I mean, my excitement level for Seizure of Mandalore is just through the roof. But oh. I, I think <laughs> I, 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 it, it kind of almost gave me whiplash because I was not expecting this, ep- this arc to go there. And the fact that they did... I'm like, oh my gosh, this could this could end in a really big way. Um, I, 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 and then I week. get back to, I think they had to, yeah, because how how are they going to set up Caesar Mandalore? It would it would have been awkward if this was just a four episode arc of Ahsoka's walkabout, and then all of a sudden, boom, you jump right into Caesar Mandalore. Okay, so story wise, you got to think of it. How are we going to get Ahsoka from her walkabout into Caesar Mandalore? Well. Perfect opportunity right here. She's on a Pike planet. It's a place that's seedy business. Let's somehow put the Mandalorians there. Oh, look, there's Ahsoka. And then I I see the natural story progression. And like I said, this episode, it's almost like the precursor to the next episode, which actually probably at the end of the next episode, I will probably go straight into Siege of Mandalore. And then maybe the episode after that, she gets reunited with, well, she's got to get reunited with Anakin. But I imagine she's going to be reunited with Anakin Let's not be surprised if she's reunited with Anakin at the end of this next episode. I'm ready for it. I would not be oh. surprised. Like, because if Siege yeah. of Mandalore is going to be as, you know, as big as it is, um, and we we know in the past, from past uh, interviews and stuff with, with Dave and celebrations that he, um, you know, it, it, it should be tying into Revenge of the Sith and everything. Mm-hmm. At that point, Anakin and Obi-Wan have to be back on Coruscant at some point. They have to leave and go back to Coruscant. We don't right. know how long, how how involved they are in Siege of Mandalore, or if they feel like the battle ends and then they go to Coruscant, or if it's still going on. There's a lot of questions there, um, but I think, I do think Ahsoka probably has to end up back with the Jedi at the end of the next episode. Yep, and some sort of like major discovery or time where what like what prompts her to go back to the Jedi? What, there has to be something so big that she has to return. Now at this point. Well, I kind of- wonder what she said in this episode it which is a line of hers that i will now hold near and dear when she tells um i believe rafa like let me move my in life when people need you you help them no matter what Mm -hmm. so if it becomes a 
Anakin needs me, and regardless of the absolute BS the Jedi Order put me through, I will be there to help because ultimately it's going to be it's going to be the for the good of Mandalore, for the good of a whole population. So I'm curious if that's kind of where I love that it's going. I don't know, yeah. but I like that because I I love that about Ahsoka, and it's something that's in the Ahsoka novel too, very much is just. You know, and then she is on the run because Order 66 has happened, but she does. She always helps people and she's pretty much consistently selfless, selfless. And that's yeah, no easy feat. And I kind of w- I would love to see if that like attitude leads her into helping with Mandalore. I really like how that sentiment is uh, reinforced in this episode, too. You know, while they're in the town, there's the they come across the Godel who's asking for credits. Mm-hmm. And Rafa, of course, says, "Do I look like I have credits? Leave me alone, basically," which is actually what prompts the kind of discussion about you know helping when needed. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they didn't help the Godel is what causes them to be rediscovered by the Pikes, because the Godel yeah. continues right. looking for right. someone who will give them credits and runs into the Pikes, who are looking for Ahsoka, and he sees, and that that's what leads back to it. And it's. It's a little bit on the nose, but I actually just, I really appreciate it that it just, it's a small is, action that ends up having major consequences for them. Yep. Yeah, this is what happens when you, well, it, not all the time, but what happens when you don't help people, like it doesn't work out. Yeah. 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 And, you know, as you were talking, Amy, you, it kind of triggered something in, in my head because we keep talking about how Siege of Mandalore is going to be, you know, obviously very exciting. It's been about Mandalorians and stuff, but this this is the end of the series. This is, I I hope we'll actually like Anakin is going to turn to the dark side, right? He's gonna he's gonna invade the Jedi Temple soon. There's all this other kind of stuff that's gonna that's gonna happen. Uh, he's gonna slaughter the young younglings just potentially days away from now, right? Um, it's so horrible when you put it in those terms, it, William. It is, it is, but like. <laughs> How is Ahsoka, like, will we get to see Ahsoka's reaction to these things? Or or how much will Ahsoka find out? Um, I'm trying to remember now, like, does, uh, shoot, now I can't remember. Does does she know who Vader is until, uh, like, think in Rebels? She like, finds out in Rebels. I think she finds in out in Rebels. Rebels. She does find out in Rebels. Yeah. Yeah, when she's on Lothal, right, meditating. Yeah. Or, no, she's in a well, ship. But also... But also, it was the um, when they were in that um, Sith, because I just watched recently, they're in that, um, God, what was the planet, where she has to fight with him, mm-hmm. and she ends up damaging his helmet, yeah. and he does hear her say Ahsoka, and she goes, I'm not going to leave you, and then he says, then you die. So she knows that's Anakin in there. <laughs> it's going to make me cry. I know. <laughs> Very emotional these days. I so, I mean, I, I'm very excited to see how much how much does Ahsoka learn? Um, how does she react to all of this stuff happening? And how do they end the series in a semi-upbeat way, given all of the tragic events that are going to occur? I, uh, God, that's going to be hard. I, wow, that's a good question. I mean, I think that the show ends with... I was going to say, the show ends with at least Mandalore is freed. But on the other hand... I think we're, I'm kind of assuming we see Order 66 while Ahsoka's on Mandalore, which means oh. it's uh-huh. it's going to end with, ah, we freed Mandalore. Oh, 
Mandalore is now under the control, instead of being returned to its people, it's now under the control of the Empire, or the Republic soon to be the Empire. Right. Let me Uh, silver lining this. At least we know Ahsoka lives this time. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I mean, put put it this way. Put it this way. (laughs) Maybe the silver lining in this episode is Ahsoka getting off planet in one of the Mandalorian ships. That might be the silver lining on us. We may see all of Order 66 going into, uh, you know, the Siege of Mandalore, but if you're looking for that bright that that silver lining, she, we know she gets away. And basically, if we want to say we know she gets away, it leads right into the Ahsoka book. Mm-hmm. And and Rex so we could see her head to that planet. And Rex gets away too, or eventually he he makes a big decision right. in this. Oh, will we see them Rex, dig Wolf their chips Gregor. out? Yeah, it's like yeah. Rex, Wolf, and Gregor. I just I just so I feel so bad for Dave. Because you know, when he was originally playing the end of Clone Wars, he was like, look, everyone's expecting Ahsoka to die in Order 66, but mm-hmm. it's going to be dark enough as it is. We'll give them the silver lining is <laughs> they're going to expect Ahsoka to die. And yes, the rest of the galaxy is in shambles. Anakin's gone to the dark side finally. All these horrible things happen. But at least I can give the viewers the knowledge that Ahsoka survives. Mm-hmm. And now, isn't like everyone knows that's going to happen. So now he's like, oh man. So now, literally, there's only bad news in the finale. There is nothing else. That's what else point. can you put? Yeah. That's a really good point. Okay, now you're going to make me cry like like Amy's about ready to cry because <laughs> it's true. But the, the, I, the, there, ha, there, there has to be some kind of hope. You have to go back to that. With rebellion is always hope. Okay? So at the end of this, there has to be some little seed other than Ahsoka leaving, some little bright spot of hope maybe okay maybe we'll see the parents of the kid who was the sweeper kid in episode eight maybe that's the hope i don't know uh sorry I I we're all like, maybe i'll still take the hope that ahsoka lives and she got <laughs> to like have one more one more like not mission because i don't know if anakin's going to stick around but just like one more interaction with anakin before mm-hmm. rebels yeah. before he's vader I'm just, I'm so excited. Like, and I, I think I never really um, realized just how much of Siege of Mandalore. I, like, they, I almost thought she's going to reunite with Anakin at the beginning of Siege of Mandalore, and then they're going to go into this big thing, and then they're going to have to resolve Order sixty six, and then it's going to end. But it actually might be she was she reunites with Anakin next week, so that she get, that gives them four full episodes to just deal with right. the whole um, aftermath. And man, I'm just, I'm so excited. Oh, okay, <laughs> but think of it this way: now it's going to be even more heartbreaking. Because if she does, <laughs> um, I, I hate to, I'm sorry, Amy, but you have to look at it from that point of view. If yeah. it, it, it's, it is so sad. I mean, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry, but definitely I, I still think by the end of the next episode, she's got to somehow meet back up with Anakin. But as the audience, we can see basically the freight train coming when it comes between Anakin and Ahsoka that, you know, where both of their stories are going to end. Oh, I'm crying just thinking of, you know, in the first episode when she referred to him as uh, her brother. Oh, I know. Oh, it's going to be great and rough. You're right, Tom. Yeah. You're making true points. <laughs> I, I I may have to have a thing in Kleenex next to me. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I can't. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Um, I, I have a feeling everybody within the Star Wars community cannot wait to see these next four episodes. I'm going to say the next five episodes because the way this episode ended, put it this way, the way the episode 
ended with, you know, Bo-Katan and Ren. It's like, you know, at this point, it's going to be gas. You know, the gas pedal is going to be down on the floor going to the end of this thing. And everybody's just going to be along for the ride to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's a question I have going into this. As we wrap up this arc and move on to the next one, what do we think will happen with Rafa and Trace? I mean, I don't expect them to be like, well, we're coming to Mandalore too. But <laughs> I am curious to see how they part ways. Maybe they will. They, they, take, well, they take a ride on the Silver Angel to Mandalore. <laughs> well, well, put it this way: maybe the maybe Rafa learned something, you know, because knowledge is power, and she tries to set herself straight and be an actual sister to Trace, and they go back, and maybe they just run a legal shipping company with the Silver Angel, and every once in a while throwing a you know thing of spice, but you know you never know. <laughs> they keep their laundromat going. <laughs> Well, but the lockdown yeah. business is huge. Like there's, there's, it's an untapped market on Coruscant. That yeah. trillions of people need their clothes washed every day. But also remember, she does have the droid building fact, the, the droid builder thing in the back of the shop. So that is the front for you know fixing droids in the back. Plus, I mean, she's got three options right there: laundromat, droid facility, and shipping company. And I will say, like droid repair doesn't that doesn't seem like shady to me that no. seems like it could be no. a legitimate operation so yeah. it could yeah. be a combo drop off your laundry start your just laundry, remember to put your restraining bolt on the, and just remember don't forget to put the restraining bolt on the droid because if you put put if you don't they're going to tear <laughs> apart uh level 1313 exactly <laughs> minor yeah, you know, yeah it's, it's just a minor detail 48 hour service for your clothes or your uh you know, or your uh, or your droids whatever you want <laughs> drop them you off come back I'd later. invest yeah, it's like you can either have your clothes cleaned or your droids repaired. Just make sure there's a restraining bolt on your droid. You don't uh, need it for your clothes, just yes. the droids. Uh, Are we ready for um, uh, ratings? I think just about. I, I think basically. Okay. No, go the, ahead. Go, yeah, go ahead. As as you guys started to mention, I think we started to mention earlier, uh, they, they have this big escape. The pikes run after them. Um, and eventually they end up getting captured again. And I did love Rafa's yeah, line. Like, did you honestly think we would get you? Um, well, sorry. When, and uh, uh, when Rafa asks her, was it, was it, sorry, was it Fife or Mark? I can't remember if it was Fife or Mark Krim in the hologram at the moment, but one of them asks, like, did you honestly think you'd get away with fooling a pike? And I think it was Mark Krim. And Rafa replies, well, we wouldn't have tried. We wouldn't have tried if we didn't think <laughs> we could. <laughs> it's so great. That was good. That was a great line. Um, but yeah, they end up getting uh, they end up getting captured again. At least Trace and Rafa do, and Ahsoka steals a Trandoshan skiff, which was cool to see again um, from the Ahsoka arc on Kashyyyk. And uh, but of course, the rescue attempt fails, and they all end up getting captured and thrown right back in prison. <laughs> and I, I saw some complaints about this online. I I didn't mind it because I felt like there was enough character development in this episode and exciting stuff that happens um, that I don't really mind that they ended up back in the same spot. Um, hmm. But I don't know how everyone else felt. How else were you going to end the episode? I mean, if you've got three Mandalorians running around on the planet, if they were to have left the planet, then what was the point of bringing in three Mandalorians? Especially when one of them said, wait a minute, we could use, we could use that to our advantage. 
Yeah, that's fair. I think yeah. Sabine I mean, that, and Ursa are right going to be the ones who break them out this time. Oh, I, to, I think that's, I think that's totally. going to be the case. Totally. And that's going to be had that good. moment. I was like, oh, we're, we, this is where we started. Right, yeah. <laughs> and we're back in the cell again. I mean, they're not thrilled about it either. But like you, William, I agree that a lot happened. And like you said, Tom, like we have clearly a setup where I hope mm-hmm. where Bo-Katan and, and Ursa are going to come in and get them out. So it'll all, it'll all be good in the end. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think Ahsoka can pull the um, the escape routine a second time. Pikes aren't going to let that happen. It's yeah, going to have to be the Mandalorians. Not. Yeah, yeah, because that would actually be a cheat if they try it again. I think the best yeah, way I, to do it is Mandalorians coming in. Yeah. I concur. Awesome. Cool. Well, yeah. So let's. Uh, shall we get into our ratings? Tom, would you like to go first? Sure. Giving the episode an eight. No, I'm going to give it an eight point five. I love this episode. Actually, I'm gonna. T- I've loved the whole story arc in and of itself. So I'm gonna put that out there. I don't understand why there's a little bit of confusion about it. I think this needed to be the way it is, and I think even though it's a short season, this arc needed to be here. Okay, this is how Clone Wars has always been. There's always been, let's say, the quiet arc, and this was the quiet arc of this season. But it's a very important arc that moved the story forward. And this one definitely is moving the story forward. Hit on all cylinders right when we saw the Mandalorian show up. I give it an 8.5. And my 8.5, see, actually, what you really didn't know is the um, 8.5 Romp Rats actually got onto another skiff. And they were flying around. And they were actually helping or trying to help Ahsoka and the Martez sisters uh, get out of there, but because they really couldn't reach the handles, they didn't have success. <laughs> so, there you go. Nice. Steven? Yeah. Ah, you would pick me. Uh, so, <laughs> I think I'm going to continue, and I, I just went back and double-checked because I, I, I'm being very consistent. I'm going to give this a 6.5 out of 10. And I'll, I'll kind of, I don't want to say I'm playing the other side here, but uh, I do understand some of the feedback and around this particular episode that to me, this is, it actually is like Tom said, this is classic Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Like if you go back and watch a lot of the older seasons, like all of Clone Wars has always had these kinds of episodes that are not quite bottle episodes, but are more character driven, not mm-hmm. as exciting necessarily, you know, just, I, I don't want to call them filler because filler is more negative, but it's, these are the bulk episodes you get in a TV show. Like not every episode is going to blow your socks off generally. Like these are the one, they're the fit and finish that make you really enjoy things like Siege of Mandalore. Cause you mm-hmm. know, that's going to be what it is. And I think the thing that's unfortunate is if this had been season seven coming out in 2013, would it have been like, I don't, I don't even know what year it would have been. Um, I think I still would have given it a six and a half. And I think it would have been much more well received because that's, it would have been expected. Right. Um, it's a lot harder when, it's not only we were told from out, almost out of nowhere, like you're going to get, what is it? 12 more episodes of the clone wars. This is the thing you've been waiting for, for the last five years. The thing we never thought was going to happen here it is, but it, and that just, that amps it up a whole other level. You want every single, you want mm-hmm. just siege of Mandalore after siege of Mandalore. Like that's, that's the dream, but that's not what a season actually looks like. And this isn't, 
they went and built an entire set of new episodes. This is they finished the things that they were working on that were going to be part of the season anyway. And so I think it's not surprising that the the hopes are not matched up super well with what the episode is. But I don't I don't think that should take away from the episode. Like, no, it's not the best Star Wars Ahsoka arc that we've ever gotten before. But it's a solid episode. It's enjoyable to watch. And, you know, I think it's mm-hmm. worth watching and uh, enjoying for what it is. Okay. Um, now, as for what I'm going to do uh, with my Womp Rats, I mean, I think the obvious answer is there are actually six and a half Womp Rats that are also locked up in the Pike's prison. You see, they were also going to be making a delivery of spice and uh, didn't go so well. You know, they ran into the trouble. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you may be wondering where what happened to the half Womp Rat. Well, they also met J0N0 and uh, oh, Torture is not a good thing. Womp rats do not take it well. <laughs> oh, ouch. Oh, good one. Oh, gosh. Oh. Amy, would you like to go next? Yeah. You know, Stephen, I share a lot of those sentiments that you so articulately explained. So I'm going to go with a seven. But it is very much, you know, you come into this final season you never thought you'd get and it's kind of like when I watched the lost missions when we thought that was going to be the final season we'd ever get and there was that Jar Jar Mace Windu like escapade and I was like what though over time I've come to really enjoy that arc it's It's just when you're going into the this is it you expect every episode to be uh, a Mortis trilogy or a Night Sisters arc (laughs) or just something incredible that sticks with you and that's not super fair However, I have valued these episodes for seeing how Ahsoka, and this one in particular, how she continues to do all the things I really admire about her, which is help people be resilient, be persistent, and find a way for herself in this this time when she has walked away from something that's been a huge part of her and just a kind of sheltered life in some ways. So... That's where I'm at with seven. And for my Womp Rats, I think my seven Womp Rats were on the streets of Obadiah and Ahsoka rescued them and is domesticating them. And when she splits up with Rafa and Trace, she's going to put bows on them and give them to like give them to Rafa and Trace as pets <laughs> to remember nice. her by. That's, that's very that's nice. Very episode. nice. Yeah. So wait, Amy, you're saying the Jar Jar and Mace Windu arc you don't consider to be like the top pillar of Clone Wars? Um, no, I'm sorry, William. <laughs> uh, I, no. I thought it was fun. Uh, it's, you know what? Now I think it is fun in the moment. In the though, moment, okay. yeah. Past okay. Amy was like, what are you doing with my last okay. episodes of Clone Wars? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll agree with you at that for, from that perspective. But right now I watch that episode and I'm like, it was really fun to have the interaction between the two of them because in some cases you thought Mace Windu was going to kill him. <laughs> it was pretty great, actually, when yeah. I go back. I'm like, well, this is very silly and fun. And how it yeah. almost kind of ties into uh, the Rise of Skywalker now with like the re- reviving, uh, like, you know, he, the, like bringing the, the, the life back into someone else to kind of try to revive Mother Talzin and that sort of thing. But But at the time yeah. it was like, okay, it was it's the best Jar Jar arc. And I, I, I love Jar Jar, don't get me wrong. Um, but that's one of the ones they picked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't disagree. And I think, you know, I, I, with this arc, is this the, uh, is this the, what I would have imagined necessarily? I knew we had to get Ahsoka's 
journey because jumping straight into Siege of Mandalore would not have made any sense. Or even jumping straight into like, and I'm back, Anakin. Hi, I'm here. You know, like that just would never have would never have really worked. Uh, it would have felt wrong uh, watching it. Um, and so we kind of had to have a more character character centric episode. And I think the the main plot of what's been going on. Um, at first, I really didn't care about it. The first episode of the of the arc, I was less like, okay, they prepare a droid, it escapes, blah, 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 fine. Uh, it's it's a okay, it's a fine, passable main plot. But the the character development behind it's getting really interesting. And then as soon as they went to Kessel, I thought that was fantastic. Uh, and then I think what really put this episode over the top, while it is kind of a um, a self contained episode that they like, they get in and out. I think it's going to have big ramifications on the rest of the the season and the fact that they're setting up the Mandalorians now here and all the potential for the next episode. And I did really enjoy the dynamic of her, of Zoka trying to hide using the force and the, uh, the kind of the, uh, to use an Ahsoka term, the snippy back and forth dialogue uh, with uh, Rafa and between her and Rafa, where they don't they have this like rivalry where they don't really like each other. Um, I liked all of that. And so I think uh, overall, I'm going to give the episode an eight, uh, eight out of 10. Um, you know, I, th- I, it's it's it, this arc has su- really surprised me by where it's gone. It's gotten me a lot more excited than I think I was at the very first, the outset of the of the arc, um, and uh, and I, I'm very excited to see what they do in the in the final mm-hmm. episode of this arc, and of course, Siege of Mandalore. Um, so uh, oh, and and fun fact, uh, we forgot to mention this uh, last week uh, after the episode aired. Uh, StarWars.com actually noted that this in cockpit of the Silver Angel is actually uh, the same base cockpit as the Ghost in Rebels. Uh, they were working oh. on, they were working on the Clone Wars, and they're like, oh, we kind of like this cockpit, and so they they took it, they changed a little bit of the inside, but they didn't want to let it go to waste, and so they that that became the Ghost, and it's kind of cool. That's pretty cool. I was like, that's cool. Oh, okay, I could see why it kind of felt vaguely familiar. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's fun. I, as a quick side note, can you imagine? Like, I just, I'm enjoying this mental imagery for a moment. Like, the last, you know, Clone Wars comes back for its final season after five years. Can you imagine if we'd gotten a Jar Jar arc? If that was one of the things they've been working on, <laughs> was almost done. I, part of, like, I think part of me would be angry, but I think an even greater part would be like, this is literally a window to the past. Like, <laughs> Jar Jar will never appear in anything <laughs> ever right. again. And like, <laughs> this is the relic of Jar Jar episodes. The lost, the lost Jar Jar missions. Yeah, no, yeah. I love it. I love it. Oh God. Now I'm kind of sad that didn't happen, but maybe, maybe that's just <laughs> maybe, me. The maybe four, he'll show up. Right. I kind of hope he does. That'd be great. Uh, maybe he'll make a guest appearance somewhere. I don't think so. I don't know. We get this final climactic battle between Ahsoka and Maul and, Jar Jar is the one that ends up striking the final blow. I, I would be okay with that. I was going to say, isn't he the one running in the background going, ah! Right. <laughs> he accidentally exactly. somehow does something amazing. Right, right. Um, so I guess, yes, yeah, so I guess to wrap it up, uh, 8 out of 10 and my 8 Womp Rats uh, are actually, so we actually, I, I think this is the first time ever we've seen a Star Wars forklift. Um I, was, I meant to comment on that. That uh, made me so excited. <laughs> I mean, it's no laundromat, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, so, Stephen, please, please elaborate one. on this. No, just I. It's just one of those things where it 
of course it exists, but it's just really entertaining to have every day. Like it's the same as a laundromat, like mm-hmm. or the fresher. It's like how these things must exist. I mean, I guess Star Wars has had like loader droids before, but like a Star Wars forklift. <laughs> the future cool. is now. Oh, I want a Lego so of cool. that. Please give me a Lego of a Star Wars forklift. I would buy that Lego. Can so we get I. Act- to be very clear, we should make it a UCS model. Like, <laughs> yep, full detail. You you heard it here first. Okay, uh, so William, so my eight womp, womp rats, rats and a forklift. They're right. They're driving the forklift. That's their job, though. But the Pikes hire okay. them to to drive the forklifts around. So you know, that's a you got to have someone to do it, and the womp rats are the perfect ones. <laughs> what well, Pikes very clearly equal opportunity employers. Yeah, you know, we've got absolutely. <laughs> Never run a job before. You've got womp rats who are driving forklifts. I mean, say what you will. You know, they run spidey, sure, but they really provide for the local community. Yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, fun, fun. I love it. Amazing. Well, coming up uh, this week on uh, Ion Canon in just a few days, we have the Clone Wars seven, Season 7, Episode 8 together again. Ooh, very interesting. Uh, and in this episode, Ahsoka bargains for the sister's freedom and makes a startling discovery. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, can't wait for this episode. It's going to be so great. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, you know, Amy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this was yeah, so much fun for coming to talk on, Amy. With you and speculate. Thanks for letting me come hang out again. That was really fun. Of course, of course. Uh, hopefully, everyone uh, is already follows you. But if they don't, um, where where can they find more of uh, what you do? Uh, folks can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy underscore Geek. They can get my book Star Wars: Woman of the Galaxy from anywhere that sells books. If you can support an indie bookseller right now in these days, please do so. And my writing's on Nerdist. And I have an interview with Ashley Eckstein about the last season of Clone Wars coming up. Uh, and a couple issues in Star Wars Insider magazine. Nice. I cannot yeah. wait. To That's read really that. cool. Congratulations. Thanks. I'm excited. It was Ashley's always a delightful human to speak with. Mm-hmm. She is. She is. I'm. I'm excited for that. Uh, for that interview. So. Uh, so definitely uh, check out all your. Uh, our, we encourage our listeners to check out all of your awesome stuff. And uh, thanks again for, for joining us. So much fun. Thank you. If I ever open a Star Wars laundromat, you'll be my first phone calls. <laughs> yes. I'll first be there mine. without any problem. <laughs> you know it. I'll be there. I'll bring my womp rats in tow. Uh, Thank God. Not a problem. The laundromat, you need to bring laundry. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Or if a droid. Or a droid. Sit here, yeah, but I was going to say, if the Pikes can be an equal opportunity employer, I can be an equal opportunity employer and have my womp rats bring the laundry. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's fair. There you go. Can we re- like request maybe like a what is it change.org petition and get Disney to add a laundromat off Galaxy's Edge? I will sign it. Actually, sorry. Times. More importantly, when what's the name of the hotel? I'm blanking on the name of the Star Wars hotel. Uh, 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 cruiser. Galactic Star Cruiser. There you go. Yeah. Do, like most hotels have laundromats. That's true. And know that's true. That it's you know themed inside and out. I think the real story of this hotel is going to be what, like, how do they make that happen? Maybe that's, maybe that's why the laundromat appeared in these episodes because they're giving you a hint 
at what uh, it's going to look like inside the Galactic Cruiser when you walk into their laundromat. Well, you know, um, you know, Galaxy's Edge is set uh, shortly before Rise of Skywalker, right? Uh, roughly in the time period. Um, and so 40 years later, a much older Trace and Rafa have moved their laundromat off of the, the ca- capital of the, of, the, of the galaxy because, you know, there's too much going on in Coruscant now. Uh, when the Empire moved in, they just they they they, they got out of there, and instead they uh, they've opened up a laundromat on the on the the Halcyon. I love it. I love you. Just took it and ran with it, and I respect it. Fan <laughs> fiction at its best right now. Hang on, we can't end on that note. This, the thing is, <laughs> Go ahead. that's the type of detail that like I kind of expect, like. We talked about this earlier. Like, this is the type of thing that Star Wars does really well. You know, just putting little interconnections that really don't matter in any way, shape, or form. Like, did the Mandalorian really need to describe what the ice cream machine was from Episode Five? Of course not. No, but we but they it. did. They sure did. God. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, thanks again, Amy, and uh, we'll be thanks, back, you, Amy, uh, in just a few days with our review of together again thank you for listening to the ion cannon podcast your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far far away for over a decade ion cannon has covered every corner of the saga from the films and animated series like the clone wars and rebels to books comics games and more if you like what you hear please rate us in your favorite podcast client your review will help this show grow within the star wars community we can be found at our website ioncannoncast.com and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.